Welcome back to the Roster Watch Podcast. This is Alex Dunlap. Today, I'm pleased to bring you my conversation with CJ Kaltenbach. He's better known across the daily fantasy community as The Siege. He's the DFS director at ArborPro.com, and he's a professional DFS player across all sports, even though he's also a licensed attorney. He previously worked at Roto Grinders, where he became one of the more polarizing characters in the space. Here, we talk about Siege's experience last weekend as a participant in DraftKings' first ever national sports betting championship in New Jersey, his upcoming boxing match with fellow DFS uh, tout Draft Cheat, and the likelihood of Kyler Murray playing NFL football, as well as much more. We get into best ball stuff. We talk some about uh, championship weekend, DFS plays uh, coming up here. Uh, pretty expansive conversation. You can find all of his content at arborpro.com, and you can find him on Twitter at the Siege DFS. Now, both of those uh, online spots have ca- kind of um, interesting spelling. So for Arbor Pro, it's A-R-B... O-U-R pro, like the European way. And then his name, The Siege, is spelled uh, incorrectly. It's the S-E-I-G-E, uh, as opposed to like a siege on a castle. It's, it's spelled with an E before the I, uh, at The Siege DFS. If you like the podcast, you're enjoying the ramped up volume and frequency of these pods, please give it a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen. You can support the Roster Watch podcast and get get access to multiple bonus podcasts per week featuring me, featuring Byron, and and the Trash Man with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. It's entirely due to the support of listeners like you that all of this is even remotely possible, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, on to the show with The Siege. This is Leonard Fournette, and he listens to Roster Watch. Gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and I told you in the open who he was. You all know him, you all love him. He is my good friend, CJ Kaltenbach. You know him as the Siege across the DFS and the Twitter streets, the Twitter beef streets. <laughs> siege, what the hell's going on, brother? <laughs> What's going on, Alex? How are you? Uh, just hanging in, man. I was just uh, good, good, good to hear from you as always. I think a lot of people, a lot, a lot of listeners to this pod that um, have followed my work for a number of years know about you know you and I had the show on Roto Grinders, uh, not this past year, but but the year before the weekend, ra- the weekly roundup. Um, and then, aka I, the "You Handed Me Money" show. That one. <laughs> the, it, I call that like aka the yeah something like that, like the total suckout fest. I think that I end, I think you ended up like we basically made like a bet a week, and you ended up I think what twelve units up on me. <laughs> it was a sixteen week show. <laughs> twelve units up plus a lifetime roster watch. Yeah, that's well, yeah, because that was for our for our for our big bet was the was the lifetime subs at at, at the others uh, various places. One one that you've uh, moved on to a new one, and I, I want to talk to you about that a little bit, and just talk to you about you know in general your. You know, you're a, you're a DFS pro, and I think a lot of people would just be in general kind of like to hear a little bit about what your process is sort of day to day and how the, you know, how the hell you got into doing that. But first, I wanted to talk to you about you were at this weekend at the uh, at the DraftKings Sports Betting National Championship, which was the f- first time that anybody's ever had a contest kind of like this. Million questions that I have, but first, like, how did you get in? Did, like, did you queue into it? Did you just buy in because you saw the overlay? How did that work out? Yeah, so I, I, I knew they were going to have some overlay, so I started firing the cues, I, I would say, like in November when they started running them. Uh, and then, I, I mean, I was going to buy in regardless. Like, I wasn't going to leave $1.2 million in overlay on the table. Um, but I got in, like, I literally had just gotten back from Florida. Like, I had just gotten back from Stevie's wedding. 
And my friends are like, jokingly, we're at the bar. They're like, hey, you're going to be here for a while? I was like, yeah, I'll be here for 14 days. And then I want a seat. And I was like, ah, about that. It's going to be like four. <laughs> Whoa. So, so the, um, so you, what, like how, how much do you think that, that you fired off in queues to be able to get the, to, to be able to get the ticket? Because it, because it's a, t- it's, it's a $10,000 value, right? You had the 5,000 bankroll and then the 5,000 that went towards the, via prize pool. I'd say probably about like three, three and a half, probably. So you Somewhere ended up coming out on the right side of it. Do you, do, do you know off the top of your head how much overlay was in the contest by the time they accepted all the entries and the thing was getting started? Like 1.2. Somewhere in that range. Right around 1.1 to 1.2 million. The, uh, w- really? Yeah. Oh, God. So, it, it, I mean, wasn't it a 2.5 million total prize pool? Yeah, they needed like 530 to break even and they got around like 250, 260. Golly. Well, I mean, I guess that they probably probably don't see that as too much of a too much of a win. But it seems like from the experience in general, it seems like, you know, it got some press. A little bit of it was some some bad press. Just out of curiosity, how did you do? Did you bust out early? Did you make the money? No, I busted out the Antonio Gates touchdown. I took I, I went all in Pat's first half. Uh so obviously that was a winner. So I was up like eight K and I had it all riding on different, different variations of Pat's under 66 and that Gates touchdown with like 14 seconds busted me. So I made it like most kidding? of the way through. Jeez. No, the, the, oh, I know. it was the Gates it's touchdown. Like, I mean, oh yeah. The Gates touchdown, the one with like 10 seconds. Left, meaningless, except one. for the fact that it was probably his last touchdown of his career. And then and, they're calling timeouts down 19 with like, 2.30 left. I was like, I know how this ends. I know how this ends. Like, <laughs> it was just like this slowly, just like ticking time bomb. It's just like, uh, please just throw an interception, Rivers, or this is ending up in the end zone. I, I know what's going to happen. But, yeah, it was really a frustrating way to end. But it was fun. Like, it, it was a ton of fun. I think a lot – basically everyone that was there, like, I think if you had told them they would run it back in seven days. I think people would have done it again. Like it was a ton of fun. Especially, well, especially given the overlay. If there wasn't the overlay, do you think that they would have ran it right back seven days later? I think they would have. Like, I, it, the format was awesome. Like, it's gonna be a thing. Like, this isn't going away. Did you feel like a, sort of like a fish, man, since you're not really – you come from more of a DFS background than a, than a total sports betting background? Did you feel like you were a little bit – like maybe you didn't have the same level of strategy that you were able to play with as others? Or did the fact that it was sort of in this kind of DFS-like setting to where it's like – I mean, you can look at the board, right, and see what other people have picked. You kind of know who your competitors are. You know where they are. So some game theory does come in. But did you feel a little bit like a fish out of water being in a sports betting tournament as opposed to just a DFS tournament? I mean, yes and no. I think my strategy was piss poor. Um, like, I think if I would do it again, I would have a completely different strategy. But I don't think, like, I was, like, a total fish. Like, I think the bets I made, for the most part, were pretty good. Like, even the ones that, like, lost, I felt like I was on the right side. Like, I lost Providence where they didn't foul twice, up three. So, like, I, I felt like I, my, the bets I made were good. Like I really focused on player props. You could parlay player props on DraftKings, so like, which is you know, crazy, NBA, right? Which, which was phenomenal. Just yeah. like you know, yeah. like I, I you know, NBA player props is something I'm pretty strong at, given the DFS background. So I really kind of focused on that early on, and I just didn't, I wasn't balls to the wall enough, I think. Uh, but it was a ton of fun. I don't think I was a huge fish, but like I think I had zero win equity looking back at it the way I went about it. But like if I was like if it was next week, I would definitely not make that mistake again. Well, and, and so for the people who didn't know or the people who weren't just, I mean, like I don't really know much about how it went down, but I mean, I was following the leaderboard over the course of the weekend whenever they would tweet it out and just kind of looking and seeing at the different bankrolls that guys were starting to generate through the through the weekend. And so for, but for the people who don't know, it's a 10, 10K buy-in. It started, I guess, on Friday. Once you got in there, you could probably bet on the Friday night games. And they had basketball. Yeah, so I, I, I fired. I fired. Like, you started betting at noon. I started firing golf at twelve oh one. Oh, okay. Even so, though, like, I, if I had just gone all in on my first bet, I would have been much for not, much better off than if I had just like I just tried to baby it too much on Friday. But yeah, like it started at noon Friday. So like I was, I fired Sony Open matchups at twelve oh one, and just matchups for the matchups for the day because you can't yeah. have bets that weren't going to right because you you couldn't have made a weekend long. No, no. So it was just head-to-head matchups 
and, and then there's like groups of six and things like that for like one day. And basically, so the ten thousand dollar buy-in, five thousand went to towards your own private bankroll for which you could make whatever bets that you want, whatever money that you ended up with in that was going to be in addition to the money that you would get paid out for your final position in the tournament, right? So 5K went to the bankroll, 5K went to the tournament, and uh, and through this, uh, you can make your bets, and at the very end, the person who has the most bankroll that they've used through the DK Sportsbook app up there in New Jersey, which is the only place where you can play it currently, um, was the winner. And then, you know, second place, third place, et cetera. I think it paid out with the top 25 players or something yeah, like that? Yeah, top okay. 25, yeah. Um, it, so you said you didn't like your strategy I think a lot of people would be interested. Why, why didn't you like it, and what would you do differently next time? I wasn't I, I wasn't aggressive enough early on because, like, the point is to win this thing, right? You're, if you're taking advantage of the overlay, the point is to put yourself in a position to win. And I just put myself in a position where I was taking too thin bets on late Saturday, early Sunday, just because I hadn't put myself in a – I hadn't risked enough on Friday on the stuff that I liked. So I just wasn't aggressive enough on the stuff I liked. Like the very first bet out of the gate was probably my favorite bet the whole weekend. And it was like a five to one dog. Maybe I wouldn't have, shouldn't have gone like all in on it, but I definitely should have been firing like two or three K at that. And supposed to just firing like 200 bucks at it. Like I just wasn't being aggressive enough with the bet sizing. But doesn't that feel like siege? I mean, you have a back, you, you I've never even talked to you about this, but I've, it's always just been kind of implied. You have a kind of a background in poker or at least you played, uh, you know, right. <laughs> You played poker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. So like, doesn't it feel like a little bit, I thought that people were going to go in there and they were going to make the same mistake that sometimes gets made in these, in these, uh, you know, these larger field poker tournaments or like if, if you just go and you buy into the 1500 at the world series or something like that, where, you know, people are shooting to win and you know, you don't make any real money until you get to the final table. I think that sometimes people get too aggressive at the beginning of those. But, the, but right? the, and that, and that was kind of my thought process, but, I would view it more as like a super turbo tournament, right? So oh, if you try to right, if you right. try if you try to be like slow and passive at a super turbo, you're just gonna blind yourself out. Mm-hmm. Like you got to be aggressive. I would view this more as like a like if you really think about it, like you had basically about one, like unless you're starting wanted to bet big on quarters and halves, which is like things I was starting to do on Saturday and Sunday. Like I was betting like fifteen hundred on third period live hockey lines. I was just trying to build a banker. <laughs> Successful know. wager, by the way, Successful yeah, wager. it just sounds, so, um, <laughs> it sounds but it was so just ridiculous. like, it, Oh, it was ridiculous as I was doing it, but it was, I, I was sitting at like eight K and I had it. I knew to have any realistic chance. I had to build it up to 12 K in like the next 45 minutes. So, you know, there was only like two games left on the board and I couldn't bet like that. We'll talk about like the problems in a minute, but like, um, I just wasn't aggressive enough early. I, I, it definitely was something I should have been way more aggressive on Friday and put myself in a better situation, you know, to be a little more picky. Cause you only have so many windows, right? If you're going to bet full games, like you think about it, like it feels like a whole weekend's that much time, but it realistically is not right. You have, you know, realistically like six hours on Friday, which is like two betting windows on Saturday. You've assuming you're not going to bet soccer. You have like four, and then you only could bet the two football games. So you really only had like eight windows if you were going to bet full games. So it wasn't as much time as you think it is. You had to separate up your bet. It's like you had to break those games into different events. And you had to, within those games, like on the little sport. How, how is the functionality of the, of, of the DK uh, bet, sports betting uh, in, interface? How, how was it? And did it take you any time to – I mean you got so much money at stake. Did, did it take you any time to figure out how to work the thing and how to smoothly operate it? Yeah, I think that I like I think I finally figured out like everything I should have known on Friday by like Sunday afternoon. And I went in a day early to try like to toy around with it and stuff. The hardest problem was like you just didn't know what the limits were and you didn't know where you could get your money in. Like I found myself trying to get money in and not being able to do it. Um What like, does that mean? Late. What does that so, mean? Like, so like like your bet sizes are capped for certain things. Like you can't just I couldn't fire. Let's just say, for example, I couldn't fire like 15 K on first touchdown, for example, like you, you were kind of capped. So it was really tough to know where you can get your money in at decent odds. So if you go look at like the, if you go look at the CSV, you saw people, um, parlaying first touchdowns. Like that was one area that DraftKings would let you get a lot of money in 
Mm -hmm. Um, but like, it was really tough to know, like you couldn't get money in on, um, players to score three touchdowns, players to score two touchdowns. Those were pretty small markets. So not knowing in advance where you can get your money in, it was kind of tough. Well, it it seems like it, 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 that to me seems like something that they should might you know maybe should address or at least have you know a standard limit across all props or so maybe it'd be hard to have a standard limit across all props because if you do have that three touchdown thing and somebody wants to put a thousand on it and it's probably what Sony what what would Sony Michelle have been of three, I three it, plus touchdowns I think it, I think it was twenty to one <laughs> all right because I was look, I was looking at James White like I, it was that game I was looking to do that I was looking to take a patch back. And it was just like I couldn't get a I couldn't get a real limit on it, so it was just kind of like yeah. What was the experience like? Is for, like were you that? I guess uh, from what I from from what I understand, you know, you didn't have to be in the in the room because you can make the bets on your phone, but you had to be in the state of New Jersey. Were you like in the room with the other participants? Were you having like kind of like the live DFS live finalish experience, or were you kind of out hanging with <sighs> other people? I did on Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday, I decided to stay in the room during the past game. Cause I was trying to turn that money. Um, and I knew that my window might be pretty short. Um, so I kind of wanted to make sure that I was kind of just focused on that. Uh, but I went, I went back in for the Sunday afternoon game when, once I was bust out and really had not, nothing really to sweat. So, uh, it the venue was awesome. Like it was weird. I really can't describe it. It, it was like a warehouse, but like, it was really weird, but it was awesome at the same time. I don't know if, if you weren't there, it's really hard to kind of do it justice. But in a good way, in a good way. I mean, when I got dropped off, I was pretty convinced I was dropped off in the round spot. But like, once you got inside, it was like pretty cool. And, and like how many TVs have you had to guess just around this big room? 35 just playing every every degenerate game that there was on. no it mostly was on football i was kind of pissed it really wasn't enough like i kind of wanted to uh i kind of wish there were more variety of games on but i mean i understand like there are a lot of a lot of people were in concentrated games so i understand why there were most of the tvs did anybody did anybody you know i guess so so you went bust in the during the patriots game basically you didn't have any any real action coming into the com, coming into the game in in new orleans no, I, I, I didn't. Um, I, I, but I was like, I, I mean, obviously like I had a bet ready to go obviously. Cause I was feeling optimistic about that pass total until, you know, it all went to shit in the final three minutes. Right. It, but uh, so even if that had happened in, 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 you would have hit, how confident are you? You would have been able to get your bet in on that game because it seems like people were pissed off because you know there was the um so i was on a total so i think i would have been able to get it in well let's talk about like what that even means and, and why because like i've i've heard the i've heard that i'm like do, do, do you think there's controversy over this is, is that the right word or is it like so- i mean if, if you bet a total during the weekend you knew how they were paying them out so this is why i was on a total to begin with was that I knew that as soon as the total, like as soon as the clock hit zero to unders were getting paid out and overs were getting hit as soon as you won the over. So if you had bet, let's just say the modified over it was, it got paid out as soon as it hit over. So you had an extra two to three minutes to do that. Cause like once the game total went over 68, they were just paying them out. Right, right. Well, and and that's how it works. But and it's that's why it's different with you know with sides. You you know you got to let it. You got to wait till it's right. over. But that's what caused the issue is that people that had totals and apparently some within it. But like if you had a total, you definitely were able to get your better. Okay, and and so the, and so the reason why for people who who might not understand is we're saying that coming into like if if you remember that game went super long, even though it was a blowout, it was a super Thanks, long Chargers. blowout that just doesn't Thanks. seem like it was ever gonna goddamn. End. And so what happened was there were people who had put, you know, in, in this contest, you're trying to get all your money in as much as you can in all these different events. There are people that had a ton of money on either side of that game. They might have had the Patriots money line or they might have had the page, whatever it was, Patriots minus, what was it, four and a half, something like that. Three and but, a half, yeah. yeah. And so they, they had that line and they had to wait until the very end. And so when that happened, there was not enough time for the, those bets to be uh, graded and and the money then assigned to their accounts and so they didn't have any way to get their money in for the second game because for the second game the rule was nobody was going to be allowed to put in a bet after kickoff of that okay, game. Can we talk about why that rule is like that rule keeps getting a ton of crap without 
like any explanation as why they made it. Sure. So like they obviously made it to avoid collusion, right? You didn't want one and two walk up to like, you know, head into halftime and go, oh, shit, I'll bet one side, you bet the other, and then we can just lock out the field. Like that's what they're trying to avoid. Like, huh? That's, was, I guess that's true. But I mean, the, what I had thought was that it was for the good of the event, just to say like everybody's gonna be wrapping up at the same time, so we can award a winner here at the place. We can get hand them their check. And, and, but you can but, only but, bet no. the football games, right? You can only bet the football games on Sunday. Oh, so like, right. there's nothing that would have stopped them from just saying you could bet up till halftime. Other than, but they were just trying to avoid collusion, and I don't think, I don't think that the the intent of the rule was bad. I think that they just got screwed by the dumbass team that was down a gazillion points that just didn't want their season end. Like, I, I really think they just caught a really bad break. Do you think the DraftKings? Do you think the DraftKings is going to get any sort of blowback from this from any of these betters that were? Because there was oh, the guy they're going to get they're, they're going to get sued. I think they just got sued actually, like right as we were we started. <laughs> they did. I'm pretty uh, sure. I'm pretty sure it saw it come across my line. That's someone. Is that fair? Is that fair? I mean, I guess I'm technically a plaintiff in this suit. So I, I mean, I, like, I'm not a, like it's a, it's gonna be a class action where it's all the sport, everyone that was in the tournament, and you'll have to opt out. Like, I can't imagine a world in which I wouldn't opt out because I don't. I don't think DraftKings. I think DraftKings just got unlucky. Like, I think they got unlucky. I don't think that they did anything mean spirited. I don't think it was intentional. Like. I think they honored the, the rules the way that they were written. I just – I just think they got really unlucky. I like think, if that doesn't happen, people are writing this event about it as a massive success. Yeah. It, I just think they got – I just think got super – they got super unlucky on who it was and they got super unlucky on the timing of it. What do you mean who it, who it was? It was Rufus Peabody. So it was like a really famous guy, the guy that got screwed. He's a famous – like he's a, he's a famous gambling tout, right? Yeah. So like that didn't help things obviously. Right. And so he was the one who was in, in second who couldn't get who couldn't get it in on the uh, on the on the on the second game of the day. And I think he did. He says he doesn't know what the bet was. Like, why is he denying? I just I don't even I mean, I don't know him. But like there's only one bet to make in that situation. If you're why are you just like, I don't know what bet I was going to make for sure. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you right. Say what you were going to bet. Thought about it was it money line. Yeah, you thought about You're it betting Saints money line on that spot 100 out of 100 times. Like, there's no other bet to make. Right. Like, if you like, he had like 80 thousand. The Saints money line was like minus 300. He would have picked up another 27, 28 thousand, and it would have been still been in first, even if the guy had won the Eagles bet. And then, of course, you just go hedging on the FanDuel sports book, right? Like. I just don't under, like. There's only one bet to make in that spot. I don't understand. Like he was like, I'm not sure what bet I was going to make. Like you're betting the say, say it's money line. Yeah, well, clearly he didn't. He didn't want to give up. He didn't want to tip any part of his hand for what he was anything he was going to have to do. You know, but that the, was after the fact. Like it was after the fact. He's just like, I don't right, know exactly but, what I, mean, I would have bet. But, but I, mean, I was like, yes, you do. Come for on. any future like, legal proceedings it. or anything like that, I'll bet you just didn't want to say. He probably wanted to talk to a lawyer before he before he said anything like that. Uh, if he was thinking I mean, about doing it. anything. Right? I get it. I get it. I, yeah, I guess. But like, I just, you're, I don't know. I guess to me, the credibility is kind of out the window. Like if you're going to talk, like just admit it. Like it's one thing if you just like, I'm not going to talk about it. That's cool. But like, come on. Like you're going to bet the under in that game. Stop it. You're not taking a side in that game. Come on. Did, did, did like, you, my strategy was piss poor and I would have known not to do that. Did you think that, did you think that as, as far as the, because what I've heard is that on that and the and this could this could be the like the saving grace of DraftKings. Didn't they let participants know beforehand that if a game runs over, we can't guarantee you're going to get paid out? Was there something like that that ever happened or any verbiage yeah, in the sign up? Yeah, yeah, it, it was pretty clear that like, hey, like, but it, but it also was like, make sure you take advantage of our cash out feature. And from my understanding, is that it wasn't available, so that wasn't. Oh, what is the cash out feature? So you can just like, so let's say for example, like, you know, your team's up 20 and with like three minutes to go and the pats are minus, like they'll, they'll pay out like 95% of the bet value and you can just cash it out immediately. And it goes out into your account, no matter what the result is. So like if the Patriots somehow were to give up 20 points, like you still would have gotten the month, like the money that you agreed to cash out for. Uh, well, that's a problem because if they say that that's supposed to be available, what you're thinking to yourself is I can I can go in here. I can feel safe making this bet because I can always use the cash out feature in case this thing does run over. 
So like I have a right. safe. I mean, I, I certainly would have relied on it, but okay. I mean, so like, I, but again, like if it could have just simply been like it was too close, like maybe when they looked like it was the game was already over and you can't obviously cash out once a game is over. I'm not sure. I wasn't in that situation, so I can't speak to it. I do know that like you could cash out bets throughout the weekend though. Like there were a couple opportunities where I almost did it. So I'm not quite sure how that worked on Sunday itself, but I do know that it was like working most of the weekend. How do you see the future of this kind of event playing out? Oh, it's going to, it's going to blow up. It's going to blow up. I mean, I I think FanDuel is going to try one during football season. Like the fact that this wasn't during football season, I think this is a pretty egregious mistake. Like imagine if you had a full day of college football betting on Saturday followed by a full NFL Sunday. I mean, this sounds like a dream. Like I would love to go do that. It sounds like so much. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So I imagine FanDuel is going to try one in the fall. That would be my guess. Um, and uh, it was, it's a ton of fun. Um, I think if you, like, if I was going to go back, I definitely would be all aggressive. I would probably either go all in on my first bet or be firing like 40% of my bankroll per bet, like right out of the gate. And everybody that was sitting at home, just chirping on Twitter and not just from their, from their, own couches and not and not having any money at stake we're critiquing everybody's style of play by saying what you should be doing in this spot is is, is getting in on a bunch of high variance high upside parlays do you not think that that's a, a, any part of the key ingredient do you think it's just big vo- volume of big bets and getting in as much as you can on the on I the think sides it, I think the it's totals? getting I mean, it just depends on what the slate is you know, you know the funny thing is I was talking to a couple guys if this tournament had been the week before I would have been all in on an eight to one dog. Like I, there, there was an eight to one dog that had no business being an eight to one dog. So it kind of just depends on what the slate gives you. Right. Yeah. Um, this slate kind of just gave you a whole lot of weird, like two point road dogs some, and like some home short favorites. Like, so the, the, you could, the parlays, I think were a little more plausible just given the slate, but there also were just some, some mislines. You know, I think half the field bet Eastern Michigan minus one. And they won by like 40. So there were some sharp plays out there to be had. So I, I think it's different definitely from your seat than when you're there. Um, I'm not saying my strategy was anywhere near optimal. I, I made numerous mistakes, included like mistyping a zero. I was trying to do a $150 round robin, ended up being a $15. It was not good. Um, did, it, did it hit? No. So okay. like I was free rolling after – like noon on Saturday. I was like, Oh, I'm free rolling now. I guess <laughs> it was because I was tired and I was watching, I was sweating soccer and soccer bets were coming in as I was making these bets. And I just didn't notice it until someone made fun of me on Twitter. And I was like, oops. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, so how many, how many of the DFS, like how many of the DFS regulars that you see at like live finals that you've worked with before that you kind of, you know, this is kind of in the DFS streets. How many of those guys did you see out there? Did you were there a bunch of DFS guys? Yeah, there were a bunch. There, no, there were a, bo- a bunch of uh, loudmouths that you would have expected to be there that weren't there. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, there were a bunch of people there that um, you know definitely seen in the streets before. Um, you know, a couple went busto on day one too. So, um, I, I think a couple of them had the right idea, um, to be honest. But live and learn. Yeah. All right. Well, tra- yeah, so th- th- that's a that's a great rundown on on that. Um, let's transition over to a little bit of DFS talk, and I also want to talk to you a little bit about some best ball stuff before we get out of here. But just on the DFS side, so you 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 were at Roto Grinders for the longest time. Like, how long have you been doing DFSs? How how long have you been basically a pro at DFS? And would you consider yourself still a DFS pro or more of a content provider? Uh, I mean, I, I, I guess I'd say my, like, I don't know <laughs> when you've had a bad two weeks, you always wonder if you're a pro still. Um, yeah. but I, I would say I'm a pro still. I, I don't, I mean, I do content still obviously for Arbor pro, but it's not like, I mean, it is a full-time job, but I don't view it as like, I, I view that more as like the side still and kind of the playing as the primary focus. Um, but you know, it's been a weird NBA season. It's really just been a weird season so far. Um, so kind of, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to the next couple of weeks. I, I, I think there's heading into the all-star break. We're going to get some, uh, some contrarian slates. Which have, <laughs> have you just not been playing enough hard and you've been fading him every night? 
pretty much that's how that's been going. <laughs> it was looking great last night till Spencer Dinwiddie decided that he wanted to go be Superman for <laughs> yeah. Reggie Miller, I guess. I don't. You know that I don't play any of the volume that that uh, in any of the other sports that that you do, and uh, certainly I'm just I'm so bad at so bad at NBA. I've been a little bit better at NBA this year because Yahoo has the product where you, you where you don't have to pay the management fee and you can get in against guys where you're only you know you 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 can get a hundred bucks in per night over there and not have to worry as much about you know the 150 lineup dudes and i've been doing a little bit better this year on nba just because of the i think just because of the platform change but it's um generally something i've been terrible at and i think what i can credit my success to has been every time i just start out by just putting in james harden yeah i mean i i know it's like the regression's coming it's fine he's not going to average 55 (laughs) real life points a night i just got to stay strong like i know it's coming like you know, Eric Gordon's not going to get hurt in the fourth quarter every time. Right. Like, <laughs> so eventually, some team's just going to leave James Nunley to just go stand in the corner and just shoot threes. <laughs> like, it's going to happen. Some team is literally just going to leave him alone in the corner and let him try to score 50 on him. Yeah. And and, do, and you still consider basketball sort of your favorite sport, right? Or is it baseball? Yeah, it's still what... my favorite sport. It's just been – it's not been the best we can have. Yeah. Well, there you <laughs> James go. James Harden, it's not been – I haven't been in them all the time. Like it's all like I, I, it's like the last two slates. Once he got over like thirteen five on Fanduel, I kind of just yeah. did the nah. I'm good. Do you like Fanduel? Do you like playing on Fanduel more this year with the kind of with the with the way that you drop your lowest score? Is that something that you've kind of taken people to? People don't or? know how to because people don't know what they're doing. Well, what are you supposed to do? Part. I mean, I'm not going to tell you that. That's the top secret. <laughs> well, come on, just give me a hint. People, if you play a chalk value play, you're doing it wrong about 90% of the time. So you're not supposed to play a guy that's like down at 3,600 who for some reason is going to start like on a night that we get word that like Zubox is going to start or something. No, Zubox different. But like if you're playing, let me just pick an example. Um, If you're playing chalk Gary Clark on FanDuel, you're probably making a mistake. But 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 why? Because shouldn't it be like it's a spot that I don't have to punt? So one of my other guys, it, you know, goes off or has a limit of a game. It means that maybe out of my punt play, I might be able to actually get him in my lineup. I'm just. I'll, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk about it off air. Okay. Like, I'll explain it to you. You don't want to give away If you want to know, you come subscribe at Arbor Pro. <laughs> I, we explain it very clearly in depth for you. There you go. All right. So a plug for your new site, Arbor Pro. Probably a lot of people listening to this will want to know and. You know, like what went into your decision to leave Roto Grinders? You were one of the more um, polarizing personalities over there. A lot of people probably, um, probably, you know, what went into that decision, man? Like, I guess I've never really talked to you about it. I mean, I don't want to get anything too personal. And I, I, I know that you're still great friends with a lot of those dudes. Like, what went into your decision to leave over there and kind of, kind of try something new? Well, I mean, I wasn't like I wasn't really intending to do this when I left. I, I was kind of ready to just leave. Um, I, I, there was an interesting legal job that I was pretty, pretty set on taking um, at the time, and I just kind of missed it. Like I kind of like after three weeks, it's kind of like I kind of just miss it a little bit. Um, and then kind of, it was like right around August, I was getting kind of like an itch. I was like, this is kind of a, maybe I should have, you know, I want to say it was a mistake leave, but I kind of was like, I wonder if there's an opportunity to kind of do something where I'm kind of like the boss myself. Um, you know, I'm one of those guys, I kind of like to control my own destiny, my own fate. Um, and it just so happened that uh, one of my buddies was starting a, uh, a season long site, um, that I was doing a lot of stuff with. We, we team up in all the season long baseball stuff. And he's like, what if you bring, uh, what if you do the DFS content over here? And, uh, you know, got to talking numbers and it made sense for both of us to do it. And, uh, it's been a ton of fun. And, and so, I mean, can people still, do, do you still do any of like your live video feed? Can people still find your content? that's kind of like your content you had at Roto Grinders. We have like your videos and stuff like that, or your slate breakdowns or your cheat, like yeah, used to have the, yeah, so, you used to have the marketplace yeah, so we, product that you'd hook me up with sometimes. It was like, it's pretty similar. It's a our DFS product is pretty similar to what that marketplace package was. Um, you know, there's a couple of cool enhancements. I think our model is better now. Uh, we've we've spent a lot of time and effort uh, building a better model. Um, I, I think uh, I, I think that our pro, uh, projections are really good. 
Um, I think they're some of the best out there. Um, and then, you know, the podcasts I think are better. I think the live streams are better. Um, just cause it's just a little more of like free flowing conversation. Um, I, I it's, it's kind of not like a, it's tough because people like to say, who do you, who do you think your competitors are? And I don't know if we're really a competitor to anything. Cause it's, it feels like more of a small community kind of just like bouncing ideas off each other and not so much of like me telling you what to do. It's more of a, like, this is how I would approach these type of situations and then kind of like letting you make your own decision based off of that. That's ultimately what people seem to want the most anyway, which is something I found out just being a, being a season, you know, mainly being a season long fantasy guy that transitioned to just being a kind of, you know, a pretty heavy recreational, you know, DFS player, certainly not a pro DFS player like, like, like you are. But I mean, it's, it's to the, it got, it's got to the point where, you know, for one, you realize that that's what people want. They want to make, they, 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 they want to be armed with the information to make the right decision decisions for themselves right i mean that's all anybody wants does anybody really want picks i mean there, there definitely are people out there who just want picks um for <laughs> I mean, sure that's just not i mean, I mean there are there yeah, are i, I guess mean, don't get me wrong like we've got rankings every day of course like if you just want to log on and look at the rankings every day and go you can do that it is it is absolutely available um and the nice thing too is we just keep the like we keep it up from every day so you can see <laughs> who we have recommended on every slate throughout the year um, total transparency. We don't delete things. It's all there. It is all there. You can go back and look at every suggestion from every day, uh, the entire season. Um, but, uh, we're, we're starting to ratchet it up, you know, football is ending obviously. So we're, we're, we're starting to, our podcasts are expanding. Um, the afternoon shows are actually starting up next week. Um, those kind of preview shows around four 30. So it's kind of nice to kind of get into 100% NBA mode. Um, until baseball, I guess, starts kicking off in like six weeks. Now, We're not I, that far away, are we? I cannot wait. For, I cannot wait for baseball to kick off, man. I could quit. Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to get in too much trouble because Derek will kill me. You know, our baseball model, I can with 100% confidence say there is nothing like it out there on the planet. And I'll leave it at that. Well, that's a good, that's a good pitch. We, had a, we, we literally had to buy a supercomputer for it. I'll, I'll leave it at that. How do you buy a supercomputer these days? You got to go to NASA or something? <laughs> it's not quite that bad, but we, we, it was, it was, it, we, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's intense. Like, like last year when we were testing it, it would take like 10 hours to run all the data. Are you like serious? That's how much we're compiling. Yeah. Golly. Well, hopefully it's got, because you're, and it's, re- it's really, it was really, really good. Like I didn't, like, obviously couldn't use it every single day because, you know, the computing power just couldn't handle it. But like when I did use it, it was really good. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'll have to get, yeah. I'll, so I'm I'll super pumped for baseball. Like we're I'm super, super pumped for baseball. It's going to be massive. And, and baseball is where the bread and butter of your partner is kind of, cause you said you played oh. high stakes, high stakes season long with him, I guess. Yes. I, I, I mean, I, I think he's definitely better at baseball than football. He might disagree with that assessment. Um, but yeah, I think we're like, we're in the 15 K again. And I don't, I don't know. He just told me, he just signed us up for everything again. So I, everything could mean, I don't know what everything could mean. That could mean like 50,000. That could mean a hundred thousand. It could mean 25, 30. I have no idea, but I will let him tell me what that means once <laughs> we get to that point. <laughs> so I, I have, I, I wanted to ask you just a couple of, couple of these best ball questions, but before there's um, one of the, th- Oh yeah. So I wanted to ask you, so are you, are, are you still going to have your, your, your boxing match? We'll see. I've honored my end of the deal. So, um, so who's it with? It's with the, uh, it's with the draft cheat from fan or what's he from or from guru he's guru, no, he's guru, 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 guru elite how did this thing start i saw the i saw the thread it, about it started, it. i told it dan started but, off as, it started off as a, a deal like i'll do this if you do this and <laughs> let's just say that he has not come through on his end of the deal so <laughs> why are we all gonna i don't fight? know maybe he maybe they got scared i don't know but uh, <laughs> it was it was a pretty simple deal like he played in the he played in the high stakes baseball league i would fight him he didn't sign up for the high stakes league, so we'll, we'll see what's going on with it. Uh, I haven't mentioned this yet to anyone, but uh, so you're, you're kind of getting a scoop here. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm not necessarily ruling it out yet. We'll have to say. <laughs> well, uh, so but so the so the it was about playing in a baseball league. He was talking shit about um, like high stakes season long league, like how he could beat it, and I said, prove it. 
like, come play. Like, if you think you could win, come play. And, like, I'm sure we can absolutely get everyone to sign up for a 15K league against you. And he's like, well, I'll do it if you fight me. I said, fine. <laughs> and that's how the fight thing came out to be. Um, how, but, uh, how, how big is he? Is, is he your size? He's like 5'9", 200. So like I didn't realize that you like you're like tall like you're, you're like you're taller than I than I ordered than I, I, I ever I'm imagined. Not, I'm not gonna let you talk up. I'm not gonna. Let, I, if you want to have confidence on me, you're gonna get a very good price, and I don't need to like tout myself up. Like I want people that have confidence to get the best odds possible. I can't. Well, I just told. I I, I well I, I saw that thread where you're talking about how you're gonna have the fight, and I'm like, where is this happening? Because I'm like I'm gonna be there. I just don't know if I could talk my wife into explaining that I'm going to watch Siege fight another fantasy guy over some beef. Well, no, that, there'll be some cover. <laughs> if, if it if it goes down, there'll be some cover. Like, the, that's what Dan said. Dan said he would make up some kind of roto grinders like meeting to where I could tell her I was there doing business shit or something. But yeah. yeah. It's just I, I was just I, I wanted to figure out what, what what the hell that thing was. So there is a so there's an actual chance that I'm that I'm going to be able to go somewhere and see this. Yeah, okay. sure. Right. I'm not ruling it out yet, but I I, I I mean he didn't come through on his end, so we'll we'll definitely have to be there. Will definitely be need to be some renegotiations. That's for sure. <laughs> how high, how how high is too high for Patrick Mahomes in 2019 redraft leagues and in 2019 best ball leagues? <sighs> Uh, I, I think you can't take him before round three. Okay, so current current ADP is eighteen. So you're having to take him in the middle of round two right now. You're That's basically having high. to make a decision between you're, you're you're having to decide at that point between Antonio Brown, Patrick Mahomes, and actually Juju Smith Schuster. If you're going to be taking a running back in that spot, it's going to be David Johnson or Joe Mixon. So if you're picking there in the middle of round two, which way do you go in a vacuum, not considering who you went with in the fir- in the middle of the first? Because or actually in in, in the middle of the first you probably would have gone with a with a running back because it seems like Saquon, Gurley, Zeke, McCaffrey, Melvin Gordon, Alvin Kamara, one of those I guys would be think available. I think tight ends the bigger edge to be honest. Like I think I would take Ertz first. You would take Ertz before any of those guys because are you assuming that Kelsey would be gone? Yeah. Okay, yeah, because Kelsey's got a like a 15 ADP. Ertz more like a 23 or 24, so more of a kind of second round, third round turn guy. So what, explain that strategy a little bit. You, like, and, and is, is that for best ball or for kind of early redraft thoughts? I, I think it's for best ball specifically. Um, just where tight end is kind of just weak. Like we're talking it's three and then a massive gap to the next tier of guys. Um, and I just think that's the big, a big the drop off between Mahomes and like that next tier of quarterback is nowhere near as steep mm-hmm. as like the straw off between Kittle and I would guess Eric Ebron. Right. right. Well, it's like technically, a, yeah, it's, it's technically Hunter Henry and Eric Ebron have the exact same ADP. So I, I can't imagine dra- drafting Hunter Henry that high, just yeah. cut, like coming off that ACL. I, I, I know he'll have an extra full year, but like we've seen like basically 20 snaps of football. It's not a whole lot to be drafting a guy that high. Do you, but you don't worry at all about Eric Ebron getting to play this whole year without Jack Doyle. And maybe once Jack Doyle comes back, he kind of spoils a little bit of that stuff. I am worried. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that gap is massive. Right. Right. The gap between Kittle and that and Ebron is not like, I personally view it as like a five or six round gap. So like if I have any power in it, I'm going to be trying to grab an elite tight end before, like before the end of the second. I mean, I think I agree with you. I, I've never been a guy that takes tight end early, but it's just if you played fantasy this year, you saw it like it was just it was a nightmare week to week if you didn't have somebody that was good. It was a like it's the gap between like T. Y. Hilton. So like you could end like on current ADP, basically you can choose between George Kittle and um, yeah, T. Y. Hilton. Uh, yeah. Stephon like Diggs, like, Philip or Lindsay, like Cooper Cup. Would you rather have Cooper Cup and George Kittle, or um, T. Uh, y. Hilton and Eric Ebron? Like, uh, give me the one with Kittle on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to. I probably wouldn't. Well, yeah. That's yeah. That's that, that. That's what I would want as well. And I don't. And I don't think that you necessarily even have to go as far down as Cup. You could get Kittle and. You could get Kittle in, in Amari Cooper or a Robert Woods or something. Yeah, I, I was just trying to like compare ADPs, right? Because there's no tight end like in that tier. Oh, okay. But yeah, like I, I, I agree with you, right? Like I just 
the gap between the second round wide receivers and the third round wide receivers, I don't think is all that big. What do you think about Leonard Fournette's current? I, 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 I got to ask you no. about Fournette. You know that you know I'm going to say that it's too damn high. <laughs> it's the, 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 the third, fourth round turn? It's insane. That's too high? It's way too high. That's, I see it as insanely low. This team, this team was so ready to get rid of him. They deleted all the guarantees out of his contract. Which, which, which he's now filed a grievance regarding as of today. That's but, great. He's still going to lose. Yeah. Well, he, of, 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 of course he's going to lose. He got suspended. I mean, the, I think the wording's fairly clear. I don't, I don't think they would have voided his guarantees if they didn't. And, and dude, I think it's probably, probably a little bit, a little bit rocky what's going to be happening there. But look, man, um, Leonard Fournette. You, you really want to, you really want to, like, I just, Nobody, they, also hired, nobody they also hired this pass-heavy offensive coordinator. Like, eh, pass. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not. Look, I'm not saying that I'm going uh, way out over my. Now that whole tier of running back is pretty damn ugly, to be fair. Like, there is not a whole lot there that is um, inspiring a whole lot of confidence. To be because honest. you're talking about Damian Williams, you're talking about Derrick Henry, you're talking about Philip Lindsay. By the way, Damian Williams is way too high. We don't have no idea if he's going to be the number one next year. Well, yeah, well that 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 was what I was going to ask you. I mean, we talked about it on our on our pod yesterday. Um, that Dame that. If you look at what Casey's doing, they have Charkandrick West and they have uh, they, they have Spencer Ware both ending two year deals. Damian Williams, of course, they re-upped him for the one point eight per for the next two. But with that being said, it's like just looking at the state of the roster, they're going to be bringing in at least some kind of an other running back at some point. And even if Damian Williams is the guy who kind of thinks that he's going to be the dude for the you know for the next year, and he's I mean he's looked good. To his credit, but I just feel like the fact that they need to bring somebody in for depth at worst anyway. Like they didn't pay it, it him dude up. money, right? They didn't pay him dude 1. money. They 8, paid him yeah, backup 1. money. Yeah, they paid him one point eight. But for I mean, for him, he he sure feels like the dude. I mean, for a dude that's bounced around like like that. Yeah, so that's why he took it. But like, if you're looking at it from a team building perspective, like that's not dude money. That's like. TJ Yeldon money. What about Philip Lindsay? Do you? I mean, don't do you think he can even hold up for another year like this? This is tough for me because, like, I was a Philip Lindsay believer in the preseason last year. Like, I, I thought Royce Freeman was going way too high based off of what I saw the workload for Philip Lindsay being in that third preseason game. I I have more faith in Lindsay than like any of the other guys like in that tier. He put. Like, well, I mean, other than Sony Michelle, who I think is probably like the best of the group, and that, but he, but see, the, I consider that I consider Sony Michelle more in like the Carry On Johnson tier and Tariq Cohen and stuff. Like, I, I mean, just don't, I don't know what to do with Carry On Johnson yet. Like, I just do not know what to do. Like, that offensive coordinator hire is phenomenal for his value. But we've said that before about a Detroit running back, and then they go draft one and completely just take the value. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I can't remember who it was, but like we were saying that about someone a couple of years ago, and then they drafted Carry On. You're like, well, that's that, right? No, 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 for sure. And then, what? Any thoughts about Darius Guys? I mean, were you a fan of his coming out, or like, where are you on 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 Guys? Because you can get him at the fourth, fifth turn right now, and that guy. I'm was- just never a rookie running back guy. Like, you're just not going to find me drafting the rookie running backs that are going high in the draft. Just, he's gonna because they never play. They never. We have the same thing every year, right? Like they come out of school, they get all hyped up before the draft, and everyone's like, "Oh, this guy is gonna start right away." And then training camp happens, and shockingly, Alex, none of them know how to pass block. Every <laughs> single year, it's the same thing. They don't know how to pass block, and guess what? Running backs in the NFL have to pass block, so it's the same nonsense for me every year. I'm just never gonna draft any of them. Like I'll draft the ones that are just like not buzzy, but I'm never drafting like the buzz running like first round running back. Yeah, well, but I mean, but here's the thing: it's like at this point where we're at this point, if 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 you're doing MFL tens and best balls last year, whenever they first opened, only on MFL tens, I think before the draft you can choose rookies, and they won't open up until around the combine. But like you could take Saquon Barkley in like the third round and stuff last year. So I I, I think that there's sometimes value if you can get on it. Saquon Barkley was a generational talent. Like we don't like. Don't put, use him as like the rule. Well, right, but well, I'm just saying that kind of those, those sorts of things. Is there one? Uh, you're the draft guy. There's no Saquon Barkley in this draft class. 
there's nothing there's nothing close. I mean, I haven't done okay, the, the, I haven't done so everybody what I'm saying, yet. Don't but, draft any rookie running backs in 2019, 2020. It's a pretty accurate statement. No, I mean, yeah, this year in in in, in dynasty, it's going to be a it's going to be there's not going to be a consensus at all as far Kenil as Harry team. should be the number one overall pick in dynasty in I, rookie drafts. I think that things are shit. I. I I'm not sure I agree because I want to do all my work first and I want to go see him live and talk to some people around there. But I, I'm, I, I know I'm, the NFL people are going to move him down. I already know that they're going to talk themselves out of it. And it's going to be the guy Twitter loves and the NFL scouts go, I don't know if he's got strong. I don't know if his hips open up enough. And then he's going to crush as a rookie. And everyone's going to go, see, we told you. I, I don't think they're going to say anything is wrong with his hips. I mean, he, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's an I awesome. already read it the other day that they're like, oh, I don't know if he's got fluid enough hip movement for the next level. Well, that's, like, that's, oh, just, that's just stupid. That's just a stupid thing to say just because you're saying it. His hips are fine. And, 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 the, and the other thing is, man, it's like when you look at some of these other people who like I heard D- Daniel Jeremiah talking, he's going to have Riley Ridley is in his top 50 players. And that guy's never gone, gone over 600 yards or so in a season um it, you know you just you you wonder that it, even in a situation like Nikhil Harry was in you know like that on, on on a run first team you know he had all the same excuses that Riley Ridley had and all he did was was producing like like a monster and and, a and and look more athletic and freaky doing it so I so good yeah so I I, I, I could end up being on board with, with with you as far as that one Siege um but so just a, just a couple more just a couple, couple more best ball things and I'll 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 let you get out of here man I appreciate you taking the time uh, rookies who were last year rookies who were basically back to back in ADP are Kiki QT and Cortland Sutton if you're going to take one of those guys which ones are going to be uh, probably QT and I Q- think he'll get the most buzz heading into like late draft season. I think so too. What do you think about Cliff Kingsbury being hired for the Arizona Cardinals and what it does for that offense? Depends who the quarterback is there. I'm not convinced it's Josh Rosen. You don't think that Kingsbury's going, will have had to have gotten hired. He would have had to have embraced the idea of Josh Rosen. Not with the number one overall pick. I don't think he had to. Huh? Well, that's fair enough. I guess well, I, I, I guess I, I, I thought think, about it. I, I, I think Rosen's probably like the substantial favorite to be the opening day quarterback, but I'm I'm not ready to rule out that he doesn't take Kyler one. Because you can get a, you can get a late first for him. <laughs> like you, that would that would break break the internet. It would break the internet if if like Kingsbury you, took Kyler one. I mean, it break the internet. I mean, he definitely could. I don't think it's out of the question. I wonder if he and Christian Kirk are still friends. Probably, I'm sure. Boy, a lot of a lot of connections there. A lot I of just connections. like like if you if you like obviously you have to know if he's like you know this could just be a stunt to get the A's to pay more money because like if if Kyler is let's you're the draft guy so let's talk I I have time let's talk about this if Kyler let's say Kyler is five eight right and that whole camp knows it yeah don't there's no way you let him get to the combine right I. Think I, you know, it's it's not just the it's not just the height. I I, I mean, I I have it pretty good. I have it pretty good that he's that he's five nine. I, but I don't know. I mean, I, I I think he's five nine. I would just worry about the hand size, man, because they, like they if he's less than nine and an eighth, nine and a quarter on the hands, that's going to be a whole other a whole other can of worms. Especially yeah, but not, for, not not in that division though. Like it, like again, like if you're Arizona, you play half your games in a dome. Like you play not in, in LA, not in Arizona. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. So like, that's yeah. not exactly a, a huge issue. You know, even most of the NFC teams, like it's not like you got a whole lot of cold weather climates in the NFC other than like Green Bay, Chicago and like Seattle, I guess. You're already getting people. You're already getting the reports coming out now. The scouts are worried about it, that they're that, you know, it's going to be a talking point. It's going to be an issue. You know, all all this stuff he has until what what is it he has until the March what is the dates? Like, I don't know the exact baseball dates, but he has a baseball it's spring date. Spring training starts February 15th. The combine is like February 26th, I think. 
Yeah, so I, I can find the combine. I can, I, you know, I'll be, I'm pretty I'll sure be the, at the combine. I'm pretty sure the combine's February 26th. Yeah, like, I'm I, pretty, pretty sure. I would think that in, in, in order to get the feedback that he needs to get on, on whether or not it's the, best, it's the best financial decision, I think he's going to need to go to the combine and get the feedback, it, like with his real height and his real weight and his real hand size and everything like that, and then say, all right, you know, what am I going to be able to make? Where am I being slotted based on all this stuff and have all the information in, in hand so he can make that decision? His, just because he's declared for the NFL draft doesn't mean that his decision has been made. Right. I, I definitely don't think it's been made. Um, I, you know, he's got Scott Boris as a baseball agent. I, I definitely don't think it's mine. That's why I was asking <laughs> right. you, like, if he's not five, nine, like, would you let him, like, would you just take the best offer the A's give you? Like, if it's like 10 mil, do you just take it? I, I, it would depend on the feedback that I got from coaches. Like if 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 if, if Kingsbury met me and met me in Indy and said, "Dude, we don't give a shit about any of that. We're gonna have you run the goddamn." You have to know, you ha- but he has to know by February fifteenth. He he's not gonna get to the combine. Oh right. No, the, the, yeah, that's the man. issue. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I like I just. Why are you hiring like I, Josh Rosen? I just I like him, but I just can't see him running the air raid, man. He's got. I think I mean I kind of can. I kind of can. You I think mean, he's got the vertical passing game? Uh, I don't mean. Uh, I, I I know that it. You know, not that it's a big feather in his cap to say that you understand the philosophies really well of such a kind of pop gun offense. But he certainly comes from coaching that has firm backing in in the air raid philosophy. So I mean, God. I think that I think that it could work. I mean, I I think Kingsbury's a good offensive mind. I think I might, I might be a little bit more bullish. On, on, on what he's going to bring to this situation than anybody I else. Just want, I, just, I just, man, if you could trade Rosen for a late one and you can take Kyler. It would certainly sell tickets. And I would like it. I just, I think Kyler Murray, and I've had probably three different people on this podcast that I've asked about Kyler Murray because I still don't really even know what to think myself. I, I really, really don't. I want to see I just, what the measurables about are. Kyler Murray, I do not want to go to a shitty organization. That's my problem. And the problem is that that leaves you like four that like I actually trust like would use me right. Like I do not want to go to the Dolphins and Brian. I love Brian Flores. Like I'm going to be sad to see him go. Um, I mean, basically his agent confirmed on comeback season that he's going. Uh, I, I just I would not trust. Is 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 is, is Burkhardt his agent? His agency is. He didn't confirm, but he kind of said we're expecting lots of good news soon on the coaching front. I, I can mm. leave between the lines. Okay. 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 I, I just would you want to trust like a defensive minded coach with that? Like you want to trust the giants with you in that cold weather? Oh. Like if you're not going to Arizona, I'm not exactly sure where the good Kyler Murray fit is. I, I, I think there may be a f- there, there, there are a few. I mean, I, I would have said that my, I would have said Miami, but you want to uh, trust yourself though with a defensive minded coach. Usually, oh, I, I don't know. Usually, those defensive minded coaches they know that they have to hire a good offensive minded coach on. But, on but who's left? There's no one left. That's the yeah. problem. Like they're hiring Flores. Steve Wilkes ran on the same problem last year. Like I, I was, can't remember who I was listening to, but like he had a list of like four deep on, on his offense or coach defensive coaching staff. And he got literally none on the four deep. Like and Flores is going to run into the same problem. No, especially because he's, it's just late in the process for him. Right. And that's the problem. And it's just like, if I'm Kyler, I just, I don't know where I, if you, if I'm not going to Arizona, I'm not necessarily sure I want to go to the NFL. Like, I'm not like what teams need a quarterback? Like the Jaguars, you want to trust Tom Coughlin and that staff pass? No, what I was th- I thought about that, and it was a it was a quick pass as soon as I did. I'm just trying to think of these you know teams, in, in good in, in better weather cities and, and teams that need quarterbacks. And I just I I think that if you send Kyler Murray up to play in the snow, it's just going to send up a whole new rash of question marks. Oh, you're done. It, it's it, not going to work. It's not going to work. Let's be honest. It's yeah, just not work. So, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe to, to New Orleans is the heir apparent to Drew Brees or something like Sean Payton loves him or something. I mean, if he makes it that, I don't think he's making it that far deep. Yeah, I mean, dude, some scouts are saying that, he, that he's, that he's going to be a day two guy. I don't believe him. Everybody I've talked to that's he's not to be going, in the he's know not, is going to go going in the first the, round. I, I, did you see, did you, again, comeback season, um, great podcast. Like, they made a bet on top ten. Like, the agent was convinced top ten. Yeah. And I, like, I believe Burkhart. He's a, I, he's a good I, I agent. I do too. Burkhart's a, I love that. Like he's phenomenal, but like he, 
was willing to bet six figures on top 10. So like, <laughs> he's such a baller. Dude. So much. Baller. I mean, he's such a baller, but six <laughs> figures probably isn't a whole lot to him, but right. still like, and I'm just looking at these teams. It's like Atlanta to, to be the Matt Ryan era parent. No, I guess. He's, no, he's still too young. They still have too much invested in him for the next four years. Carolina is Cam Newton really sitting out 19. Uh, what about the Redskins? That division's all outdoors and cold. You really want to do yeah, that? That's true. It's it's. I, I mean, I don't know. They, but that's my. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's yeah. really not a spot that I'm just like. If I'm him, I'm super excited about. Yeah. No. Like there really isn't like the quarterback needy teams all have kind of really bad organizations, other than Arizona, which is why like sure if you can get Cliff to guarantee he's going to take you one, that's one thing. But other than that. I'm not sure I exactly want to be Kyler Murray, be small and trust these other organizations to not kill me. And then because you're you're playing football, you're playing for the second contracts. You got to survive the first one. And if exactly, exactly. And it's a lot safer to play baseball. My only question is, and maybe you're, since you're a bigger baseball fan and stuff, my only question for you is, I, people always bring up uh, some, some Samarja, your your guy Jeff Samarja. At, way different, way different wide receiver be, versus quarterback, though. Okay. And like pitcher versus wide receiver, right? Because like he's a pitcher, make tons of money. He's right. a pitcher. So how much is how much is a center fielder worth in, in Major League Baseball? And how and how sure is he that he would be even on the Oakland A's actual team and not some kind of Sacramento butt fucks or something like that? I mean, he would be he would he'd be he'd be in the minors for the first couple of years, but he'd be on like a major league deal. So like they would have to call him up. I think like by twenty twenty two. I think is when he would run out of options. So, but like, again, I think it's like 4% of outfielders make over a hundred million and it's like 10% of quarterbacks or something like that. So it's not like first rounders. So I just, it's just kind of, just a weird spot for Kyler in this draft because it's like, there really isn't a spot like Tampa would be nice, but they're going to pay. I think they're going to trust Jameis. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't know where the spot that if I'm Kyler, I'm like this is going to work for me. Tam- oh, Bruce Arians. I think I think he's pretty committed to to Winston. Yeah, I mean they 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 have picked up the fifth year option, and that, that they can still get out of that thing unless Jameis gets no. Because even if Jameis gets hurt now, it'll be off. It'll be an off the field incident that hurts him. So they can still get out of it. The only way that that thing got guaranteed is is is, is via injury during this during this season. So they still have a little bit of wiggle room, but I think you're right. I think that to, to get that job, you have to say I think I can do it here with with Jameis with the guy that we got. You right, know. especially because because Arians is, like was in consideration for the Browns and Mayfield. So, look, I don't imagine you're going to take the Tampa job over Cleveland if yeah. you can. You know, right. I, I just, I just, I really think if I'm Kyler, I am just calling Cliff every day and being like, you know what we can do? <laughs> like this will be fun. But we've got we've got like RSJ, we've got Kirk, like we've got weapons. Like Fitz will come back. Like it'll be fun. <laughs> No, I mean, I, 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 I totally agree that it would be the and then, awesome. And then, like, Rosen it would re, it would re-energize that. Teams. It would re-energize, re-energize that 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 fan base, and people would they like, they would sell tickets. Like, it would be Coach Cool and Kyler, and it would it would it, it would be really cool out there in the desert, at least from a yeah. fan experience. And even if they're not that good to start, it would seem like they were built. You know, it would seem like they were building something that you know had had had, had some real teeth to it. Um, all right, so before we get out of here, man, like just to tell me, I've I've kept you long enough, brother. I certainly appreciate you coming on. We'll have all the links to the Arbor Pro and everything, your your Twitter, all that stuff in the show notes, and I'll I'll kind of read it off in the opening. But before we get you out of here, just talk a little bit about this weekend. Any DFS plays for the two game slate that you th- like? Are you playing much? Like anything that you're interested in, or any ideas that you've had early on before you started building lineups? Josh Reynolds, I think, is a guy that I'm just going to probably end up with a lot of. Um, you see, he has, it was quiet in the last game, and this is kind of, you know, I think about the first matchup, and Cooper Cup really had a big role here for the Rams. Like, the Rams, realistically, if they don't do that stupid fake, probably win that game. Um, and so I'm just trying to think about it in that terms. Like, if I think the Rams actually could win this game, I think the success is going to be passing over the middle of the field, and that just screams Robert Woods and Josh Reynolds. And I think Reynolds is going to go pretty low-owned. A lot of 
really talented players on the board this week. So I'm not sure people are going to give Josh Reynolds the respect he deserves. So I, I think Josh Reynolds is a spot I'll end up with a do lot you, of exposure. So uh, do, you, do you see him as a good kind of price pivot off the popular ones, which are going to be Sammy Watkins and Ted Ginn Jr.? Phenomenal. Like I, I think he's got like a bigger – I think he's got more touchdown equity than either one of those guys. Really? Yeah. Yeah, well, that is fair enough. I mean, it's like they, they've, they've used him as a red zone weapon for his entire career there. He scored two touchdowns in a game this year. I don't remember who it was against, but like they used him and like, he ran good ground. Like he was good in college too. Like, it's not like this is like, I remember when he fell in the draft, like it's not like he was untalented. Like I just, I I think he's, I just trust him more than like Sammy Watkins. Like Ted Ginn is like, you know what you're going to get, right? And to Drew Brees deep ball, I, I saw enough last week to be legitimately concerned. Like he missed the same guy twice deep. Like he missed Taysom Hill. Like running 15 yards by, he missed Ted Ginn. Like on the first play, and I would hit that I, over right at the very beginning on that goddamn prop. It was horrible. Oh, uh, you had the long, the long touchdown over. Just no, no, just the uh, over 50, over 50, like 4.5 <laughs> yards. It would have been over right there. Oh, oh, you're <laughs> Ted Ginn over. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, t- poor Taysom Hill in showdown, man. Like throws a like was wide open to catch a touchdown. Drew Brees under throws him by ten yards. Next play throws a dart to Kamara and it's called back for holding on a three step drop. I was like, if I'd owned him in showdown, I would have been looking to walk to the nearest bar. I, I play in that guy in goddamn showdown every time the Saints play, and it's always like it's always just that close and never never pans <laughs> out. All right, in that in that same game, final final question. You can just answer yes or no with a short or short and sweet and, and, and an explanation as you want. Do you play CJ Anderson? Anderson. 